All right, thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Diversified Ventures Speaker Series. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Devon Gethers, co-founder of Early Admit, a specialized and unique organization on preparing prospective students for deferred MBA programs. Devon, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, I myself am a newly admitted um, campus ambassador for their Early Admit program, an amazing um, initiative that I truly believe in and hoping to um, to address these opportunity gaps that that nobody really is realizing yet. So uh, Devon, I know that one of the greatest things that you have that you take pride in is your undergraduate path and what kind of sets you apart from, from a lot of other people. So why don't you talk about um, your experience in the undergrad and how did your undergraduate experience uh, mold your career and your long-term objectives? Yep, absolutely, I'd, I'd love to. Um, so yeah, by way of background, um, my name is Devon Gethers. I am originally from Tacoma, Washington. Um, I moved to Salt Lake City when I was about 13 years old. Um, I started my college career at Utah Valley University. Um, I spent two years, I was studying psychology there. Um, at the same time I was going to school full-time, I was also working full-time. So um, I was working for a consumer product company. Um, we sold health and wellness products. I uh, found my way out being an expat in Southeast Asia for about a year while I was uh, while I was in undergrad. And I sort of got to a point in my career where I hit a cap. Um, and for me to be able to progress beyond that current position I was holding, um, it really required that I sort of build my business knowledge base um, and to, to get a sense of business acumen. So in 2018, I moved back to the States. I transferred institutions. Um, I transferred to the University of Utah and I uh, transferred my major into business administration. And at that point, I was just trying to figure out what part of business I was gonna be interested, uh, interested in. I uh, started taking some finance courses and, and found that you know I, I loved finance. I was very interested in, ter in terms of you know, how capital was flowing through the financial markets. Um, ultimately, I was sold after my first finance class. So um, I, did, I did several internships while I was in undergrad. I did an internship at Mercado Partners, which is a, um, it's a private equity firm based here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, I was focused on branded consumer products and enterprise software. Um, I then did a second internship um, in equity research um, still focused uh -huh. in consumer products as well. I, I wanted to get Atlanta, I guess, in terms of do I like private or public markets um, for, for an internship and their uh, private equity doing fund of funds. Um, and currently, uh, and anyways, just to, to sort of back up for a second, I applied to deferred MBA programs. Um, I got admitted into Harvard uh, Business School 2 plus 2, Wharton, and Columbia, um, and I decided on attending Harvard in two years. Um, I am back at Mercado Partners uh, for two years, and and, and yeah, that's uh, I guess that's a little bit of, of background there. Um, and to the second part, could you just remind me really quick what the second part of that question was? Yeah, I mean, just how did this kind of experience mold your career path and your long-term objectives? But I think you kind of already touched upon that, you know, just um, finding these different sequential okay, internship and experiences and then um, kind of molding it from there once you got into HBS. Yep, yep. 
Yep, absolutely. And 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 I would say too, you know, when I was studying psychology, I I don't necessarily think that I knew I wanted to do a, a business. I didn't I didn't know I was going to go into business. I know I was I wanted to go into an MBA program, um, and so just just really sort of letting that career um, uh, take me to where to to where it needed to be. So, right. I think that's one of those things that the deferred MBA programs is kind of was kind of created for was for those people that really aren't thinking ahead of a MBA. They kind of have an unorthodox profile, maybe STEM majors um, to kind of attract them early. So let's talk about um, early admit. So you get an HBS. What was the motivation for an organization like this? And just for anybody watching that might be a little bit confused or doesn't really understand what a deferred MBA is. Um, just can you can you walk us through um, maybe what an overview of the programs? Yeah, uh, would love to. That's a great question. Um, I'll start with the latter question, um, which is what is a deferred MBA program? So um, deferred MBA programs they started in 2008. Um, Harvard started it, and other schools uh, quickly followed. Um, what it allows you to do is it allows you in your senior year of college to essentially apply to uh, an MBA program um, whereby you gain admission as a senior in college um, and with, with relatively little work experience. Um, and then you actually will go and work for um, two to four years. There are some different specifics with different programs, but, but generally speaking, the majority of programs, it's about two to four years of, of full-time work experience. Um, and then after that two to four years of work experience, you matriculate into the full-time program um, uh, to which you accepted uh, admission. So that's a little bit about uh, the deferred programs. Um, the motivations for early admit. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll start by saying sort of, you know, our mission is to increase access to, to opportunities um, for, for really everyone around the globe. And, and you know, I think there's no doubt that there's value in, in, in MBA programs uh, and we really want to make sure that we're providing that value to everybody um, equally. And so, you know, back in November of 2019, I remember going through the motions of applying to the deferred MBA programs. I'd spent thousands of dollars on um, preparatory programs for standardized testing. And, you know, I was actually taking loans out for these, for these prep programs. Um, and, you know, after I had taken the exam, I started reaching out to students and to current alumni from some of these prestigious MBA programs. I started to ask them, how could I put my best foot forward? Uh, many of these students and alumni stated and recommended that I use a, uh, an admissions consultant. So I started to go into the market and, and found that, you know, on the low end, these consultants were charging $200 an hour and upward of $500 an hour. And, you know, from someone who was coming from a low income household, that just it just, it just wasn't possible. So I actually didn't, I, I ended up not using a consultant through the process. However, I think um, consultants provide a lot of value. And I think that, you know, for underrepresented minority students who, you know, haven't been able to utilize these resources based on price, it's sort of why, you know, we see an MBA program, sort of a lack of representation with, uh, with, with URMs. And so, you know, one big mission here is that we're coming in and we're providing affordable services um, and, and admission consulting services to prospective applicants um, and, and to, to really give them access to resources. Um, 
you know, I'll also say too, that as I looked into the different consultants, I felt felt that there was a lack of diversity in the actual consultants. If you go to earlyadmit.com, what you'll find is diversity in our, in our management team and our coaches, um, you know, people from, from different geographies, I believe our coaches make up four different continents, um, you know, different races, ethnicities, everything you could imagine. And I think that to have a consultant who's able to really connect with you and to have, you know, the same life experiences as you really helps in that process. Um, so those were a couple of, of motivations behind how early admit, uh, was, was sort of started. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, um, just piggybacking off that, that's for me, that's what kind of made the difference was the diversity in, in schools represented the diversity in coaches that were represented there. Um, and then again, like addressing that, the gaps for, for an MBA, because I think you summed it up well saying that we're seeing a lot of uh, lack of representation in the MBA program because of the resources to get there are so closed off to, you know, kind of like a, a specific um, group of people. So once you can kind of open the doors, you'll have more representation being put in because they have access to these resources. And I, that's why I believe in this, this program as well so deeply. So oh, yeah. what are some of those different offerings that uh, early admit provides for, for prospective students? Great. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, on our website, we have sort of uh, two categories of products that we offer. Um, one is services and, and the other is guides. And from this, the service category, um, and, and, and you mentioned this uh, earlier, is that we have 10 coaches right now who in aggregate have been accepted to all top 10 schools around the world for deferred MBA programs, which is, which is really huge. Um, and so you, as a prospective applicant, can go on our website and you can schedule time um, with, with one of these coaches or even someone from the management team to work with you through any part of your application. Um, from the product standpoint, or from the, the guide standpoint of our products that we offer, um, we offer a strategy guide. Uh, it's about a 40 page guide. It was a guide that, that I ended up writing compasses, all the strategies, tips and tricks uh, to, to you know, be competitive in the process. We offer a mentorship guide right now that is designed for first and second year students. Um, you, you know, and maybe just to take a step back, you know, mentorship has truly transformed my life. And so I wanted to really put together and craft a product that would allow um, undergrads who are first and second year students, because I think we all recognize the value of, of getting in early and having a successful track record early, um, designed to give them the tools and resources to understand um, you know, how to put your best foot forward in four years down the road. We also offer one last product here. We offer an international advantage um, strategic guide. This is, this is uh, primarily designed for international students. Um, early admit recognized early on that the international application um, process looks slightly different um, than the domestic um, application process. And so uh, Arenze, James, and Shivani um, are three amazing um, team members that we have. They all uh, wrote this this international advantage guide, um, and they they um, talked about the strategies from an international uh, perspective. Uh, it's a really amazing product, well crafted. Right. Um, so clearly, you guys have like a winning model or a successful model coming from you know uh, the experiences of everybody on your coaches. 
staff um, <laughs> that have gone into <laughs> all the top schools. Um, I wanted to um, take a, change gears and talk about your path to HBS, um, especially because so many of you guys on the board have gotten to several different places. And I think the mo uh, one of the more important things is finding the right place, the right fit for your future after that, um, as they all have different nuances and different um, strategic goals. Um, what, when you began your journey of finding the right fit for your future with, when it comes to business school, how did you narrow down your choices and ultimately choose HBS? Um, this, is a, this is a really great question, Sebastian, and it's actually a question that I get um, often. Um, and, you know, I think that I would start by prefacing here that you know, choosing the right MBA program for you is a very much a personal choice. Um, and so, you know, if you're going after a top 10 MBA program, um, you know, if you're going after a top 10 MBA program, I, I think any of those programs would provide value um, to you. And so I don't necessarily think that from a top 10 MBA standpoint, that there's necessarily a brand that uh, is better than the other. But, but what I but what I would say is that I think that there are brands that are better than others that are better for a specific person. And I think it's important to make that distinction here as I sort of give a reason on why I chose HBS over Wharton. Um, <laughs> but um, it, was a, it, it was a tough choice. Um, I, I got, again, I got accepted into several schools. I was fortunate uh, to, to have that happen, but I dialed it down to Harvard and Wharton. And again, as a personal decision for me, I think the the inputs for my decision were I wanted, um, you know, the geography meant a lot to me. Um, I'm actually married, so having a, um, a having an MBA program that supported the spouse club was really important for me, or the sp spousal community. Um, and then, you know, post MBA salary. Um, what I wanted to do after business school, these were all inputs. And so this might give a little, you know, this might give away a little bit of my nerd side here, but uh, there was an emotional appeal to Harvard for me. Um, I wanted to back my decision up with some, with a little bit of data, right? And so I actually created a little bit of a financial model whereby I said, you know, geography, post MBA salary, spouse friendliness, um, global brand recognition was huge on that list. And then I right. would wait, and then I would wait those inputs and then I would, you know, have a numeric value that would sort of support the decision. And so there is maybe a little bias in terms of how I'm waiting, but I felt like it was ultimately something I could justify. So um, that, that's how I right. chose HBS. Right. It's, I mean, they're your own personal weight. So, I mean, the bias is <laughs> uh, it's subjective anyway. <laughs> wow. You, <laughs> that makes so much sense um, for everybody out there. That's, <laughs> trying to take it down to data points it makes but funnily enough i think that um wharton is the school where <laughs> they're driven by data regardless so that's the balance it. in between the both of them exactly, exactly um so between us so diversify ventures and early admit you know there's a lot of uh, overlap for addressing opportunity gaps for underrepresented minorities i know for early admit you don't completely focus on underrepresented minorities but you know, it, it, it does address them regardless because of how affordable um, and accessible these resources are for people like us, like our URMs and, and women that, that are come from a disadvantaged background. So what role has diversity played in your professional and personal life? Um, 
in general um, that that you can tell me about? Yeah, um, I you know from <clears throat> from a professional standpoint, uh, having different perspectives, um, different types of backgrounds, um, and, and, and just differences in general, right? Um, that comes with diversity, um, as it, as it's mentioned in the, in the name itself, but, um, I actually, you know, I think it enhances value in any type of organization in any professional endeavor I've been in having sort of diversity, um, in those, in those areas has provided significant value. Um, and that can be um, from just an, an internal perspective, I feel like I've grown as, as a person um, given diversity from early admit, you know, as you, as you mentioned, we, we do focus on underrepresented minority. We also focus on, uh, on other cohorts as well. But I think that just given the breadth of our team that we sort of attract um, the underrepresented minority students. Um, and, and that comes with being able to relate to experiences um, and being able to offer products um, and services, um, you know, at levels that make sense for the person who's purchasing it, right? Um, so I'm, I'm not sure if that answered it 100%, but, but I think ultimately my answer is that diversity has played a huge role in my life and it's at, and it's at a tremendous value. And I think that organizations should consistently um, and progressively look for, for opportunities to, uh, to enhance those those opportunities and enrich them. 100%, yeah, I completely uh, mirror that. Um, so for me, when I was kind of looking into the MBA programs, I think there's a lot of information out there, but the, the key difference is that there's a lot of, um, there's a lack of information for deferred MBA programs. And I think that's one of the great things about early anime is it's a really cornering the market there because there is this lack of resources specifically for deferred MBAs. So can you tell me a little bit about what some of those misconceptions are for those people that are just hearing about these programs, um, about deferred MBAs, the application process, and maybe their, their own qualifications? Yeah, um, I'm happy to, to go over some of the misconceptions about um, the application process for, for MBA programs. Um, I'll start with the first one, um, and, it's, and it's one component of the application process that most applicants actually over-index, and that's testing, uh, the test scores. Um, early admit uh, believes that mo oftentimes most people will over-index the standardized test score as it relates to the weight of your overall application. And what tends to happen is when you're searching online and crazy profile surface, the people who get into MBA programs with a 780 GMAT, 4.0 GPA, never made a mistake in their life. Um, and right. then what that does is it sort of, you know, it, it uh, brings to light to other people that, you know, they might not feel qualified to be able to apply because they didn't have those statistics. And so, you know, being on the other side of admission, what I can tell you is that, um, and, and even bringing together a team of those who have been admitted to these top 10 programs, um, first of all, if you have a 740 median for your institution, that means people fall below that median and people fall above it. Um, and that there are right. definitely, there are definitely people um, in the process who have, who have not scored um, you know, 90th above, 90th percentile and above. So 
I, I, when, I, when we talk about test and sort of these other uh, application items, what I would encourage you to do, and, and I hate it because I used to always listen to, you know, podcasts and webinars from admission uh, committees, and they would always say, we look at your profile, your application holistically. And I was like, this is just a politician tactic. They're just, you know, they're, they're, they're playing music to our ears. Um, and I actually truly believe this statement now. Um, I, I just know a lot of people who haven't hit that you know, above a 700 GMAT score and in terms of a GRE, sort of the same conversion. Um, GPA is another thing. Um, you don't have to have a 4.0 GPA to get into Harvard Business School um, or Wharton or Stanford. Um, I would say another thing that is, uh, that's a misconception is um, major. You don't have to be a business major to go to business school. And as a matter of fact, if you look at some of the statistics published by Stanford, Stanford has about 55% of their incoming class, um, and I believe this was the class of 2021 um, profile, 55% were um, humanities. So you don't have right. to be a business major. As a matter of fact, I think that there, there's an argument to be made that um, not having an entire group of people in your business program who are business majors, who think alike, who have the same sort of uh, mode of thinking, um, you know, there, there, there might not be value in sort of creating that. And so the idea is to create a diversified classroom. Um, and then lastly, I would say another exactly. misconception is just investment banking and consulting. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> you don't have to go into investment banking and go into consulting to get into a top three business school. Um, trust me, I know a lot of people who aren't in these fields. Um, they've made it possible. Um, and, and yeah, those are sort of the highlighted misconceptions, I would say, uh, sort of the larger misconceptions about, about business schools. Yeah. And I think a great resource of showing um, the different pro profiles can, that can make it is just going on early admits website and seeing the different coaches. I mean, like you said, I mean, you have your Deloitte consultants, but you have, you know, IBMers, you have Facebookers, you have all different types of people and it shows the difference. Of profiles that can make it all over the place and those places those people have made it from in all all types of business schools so this is the last question is a little twofold as i think that there's two stages that you can kind of start thinking about a deferred mba um so what should a student do right now to immediately start to prepare for a deferred mba if they're interested but i want to ask this in people that are seniors, so just gearing up to, to get into that stage of applying, and maybe like a freshman or a sophomore that still has a few years to get ready. Yeah, uh, well, first of all, I'm glad you made that distinction there. It definitely depends on where you are at um, in, in your career in terms of um, any advice that I would give in terms of pursuing a deferred MBA program. From, from a senior's perspective, if you're planning on applying this upcoming cycle, I, I would say there are two pieces of, of advice that I would give you. Um, number one is, and, and this isn't to be cliche, it is, it is to say to truly believe in yourself. Um, you know, applying to these business schools, and maybe I just use myself as an example, um, coming from the University of Utah, which is considered a non-target school, first of all, I was already freaked out that I you know, wouldn't be able to get into these schools. And then it, it, and then you add the idea of, 
oh, and there's so many other good qualified potential applicants who are going to the University of Utah. There's no way that Harvard Business School would take three people from the University of Utah. There's, they're going to take one of them, right? So what one. happens is we, they're taking one. And so we get into this sort of comparative mindset, right? And we start to say, you know, you start to compare your background with other people's backgrounds. Um, and, and, you know, just to provide context here, this last cycle, they took three University of Utah uh, students at Harvard Business School, two plus two. So um, that may be, um, uh, that may be proof to sort of say, get out of the comparative mindset and believe in yourself, right? And understand um, where you bring value to the table, right? And 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 um, feel confident, feel confident that you can get into these schools. So that's the first piece of advice for someone going through this process. Don't feel demotivated if you have, you know, maybe a lower GPA or a lower test score, um, or you don't have a ton of work experience, or you're not an investment banker or a consultant, like, um, feel confident in being able to provide uh, unique value. And that can be in just yeah. your story, right? Okay. Um, second is um, the value of networking. Um, now is that like, look, when you talk about what's the value of an MBA, a big portion of the value of an MBA is networking. So why mm -hmm. wait until you go into business school to network when you could be networking now? And when I was going through this process as a senior, I was networking with current students, with alumni. I was actually networking with admission committees um, all the way up to the most senior level for, I, I remember reaching out to Chad Lucy um, and, and speaking with him, who's the admissions director of Harvard Business School. So the value of network is strong. Um, you know, advice that I might give to someone in their first or second year um, is to, to number one, work hard. Um, I think, you know, pushing yourself to the limits, set goals that are impossible for yourself, truly, um, you know, because if you set a goal that's impossible and you fall short of that impossible goal, like it's, you're still at a really good place, right? Um, right. And so, so, you know, work hard, network is going to be huge, um, getting the right network um, will play not only into hopefully getting into a deferred MBA, but also getting, setting yourself up. Um, for a great career. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that if, you know, if you're a first or second year student, the time is, the time to start is now. And I think that's one of the big mistakes that students make early on is that they wait until maybe their third year or fourth year, and then they start to apply themselves. Um, and, and I think that you should start now. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I completely agree. Um, Devon, it's been great to have you on. Um, I really do love this program. Um, I think that there's so much value to the deferred MBA program. It's something I'll be pursuing and working closely with you guys to, to gear up for that. Um, but are there any last words you want to leave with anybody that's watching? Um, you know, again, I would just say have confidence in yourself. Um, you know, go, go to the website, go to earlyadmit.com feel free to reach out to, to any of our team members on LinkedIn. You know, this is, a, this again, this is for many of us at Early Admit is, is kind of a side project for us um, to, to truly be able to help others get into their dream business schools. Um, we're happy to talk to anybody 
um, at any time. My, I guess I should say my phone's open now that this COVID stuff's happening. My phone's always open. Um, I'm, I love what, what's happening with this organization that Sebastian put together. Um, and so, yeah, um, that, that's, that's all I've got. Congrats. Devon, thank you so much. Absolutely. Looking forward to, to working with you soon, Sebastian.